All right, and we are live. So we have another episode of the Headphone Show here with this time uh, Zach and Bevan from ZMF, of course. And uh, so what we're going to do with this one is uh, I'll I got a bunch of questions that I'm going to ask them, but then we're going to turn it over to the uh, the viewers here, and we're going to get some questions from uh, from the chat as well. But uh, uh, I want to start off just by welcoming Zach and Bevan to the to the show, and thanks so much for coming on. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're uh, we're good. You just got done with work, did a little Saturday work, uh, sent the uh, the guys home happy, and uh, now we're here. Yeah, thank is... you for having us. This we watch oh, my... every week, so it's very cool <laughs> I, to it's, be on. <laughs> it's very uh, it's nice to hear. Uh, I was gonna ask, are you guys in your workshop right now? Like, is this sort of you know the workspace or yeah. office or? We're in like a transitionary uh, period because we're uh, we're just finishing a space that we've we actually bought this kind of empty three thousand square foot space about a year ago, and it's like ninety eight percent done, and so we'll be moving into that soon. And this is the the current workshop, which is just the you know the part of our house that we bought to expand the business. But the house now, I think you know we were talking with Tyler last week that it's. Uh, you know, headphones everywhere, and then a, a bedroom, which is the only place that you know probably has some headphone stuff in it, but you know somewhere to lay down. But then just headphone stuff everywhere. Else. <laughs> you just just somewhere to lay down, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. they, they have little outlines of each of their bodies in ZMF headphones <laughs> on the bed. Yeah, I have, I have much sleep in the, the outline. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. Well, so uh, we might as well get into it here. I, I, I just want to mention Tyler is also here of course and uh, it was really awesome to hear you guys uh, you know covering all the topics uh, last week as well with uh, on, on Tyler's podcast which was a lot of fun um, so if anybody's uh, not checked that out yet uh, definitely give that a watch that's is it on the Dex and Tyler show or which one was that on the hobbyist yeah the hobby oh, yeah yeah okay yeah I'll, I'll make sure to post a link in the description afterwards um, but in any case, uh, I wanted to, I think we might as well, uh, kick things off with, uh, just, yeah, some questions that I had about, you know, for, for you guys about, uh, your, your product development. And, you know, I've been a, a pretty big fan of ZMF headphones in general, obviously, uh, you guys can't see it, but, uh, <laughs> I daily drive the, uh, the Verite, of course. <laughs> um, I can see you on, when we look oh, over here, oh, I okay. can see you, <laughs> in fact, I seen you 15 seconds ago. Right, Great. exactly. But so 15 so seconds knows, ago... When I look over here, I'm looking at the chat, <laughs> or I'm just checking Andrew out and admiring him. Or, or Tyler, we can see anyway. So, so, so 15 seconds ago, I was, I was using the Verite, and you know, I've, I've since switched to something else. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, ever since even like the O'Tour, I've been a huge fan of, of ZMF. And I thought, you know, I was, you know, up there with like the ZMF fanboys. And, and of course, then I met Tyler. <laughs> and that's a completely different story. But... Um, I wanted to ask you first about some of the uh, aesthetic designs that you guys go for, and obviously they're they're you know made out of wood. Well, there's there's wood cups, and you know, one of the things that you mentioned in the podcast with Tyler was there seemed to be like three core ideas that you guys run with, and it's it's wood, leather, and metal, or something like that. Like there was these three uh, principles that all of your headphones seem to have, um, and I wanted to ask um, apart from the cup design and the wood that's going on um what influences the 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 rest of the design so like the grills and the like the the i guess a lot of it's just what makes sense ergonomically for like the 
the yolks and all that stuff. But um, is there is there a component to the grill and the rest of the design that's sort of like a requirement for the sound quality that you guys are aiming for, or is this just for for looks? Or yeah, what's your uh, take on that? Yeah. So. Should I, should I get this one? Well, yeah, you can field the Sonic, <laughs> and I'll maybe talk about the design. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I guess there's two parts. There's a part where I figure out the sound, and then there's the part where I, you know, ask Bevan if it looks okay. Um, <laughs> it's a two-part process. But, uh, no, what, what usually happens is I will use my home CNC router, which is not the CNC router we use to make the production models, and I'll more or less, like, print out where we're starting with the design and the whole airflow aspect and i you know i have the prototype verite it might be upstairs maybe i'll go get it later but more or less i start drilling you know i i, I cnc a few cups and make a few sets and then i'll start drilling holes in spots and doing comparisons between a few different sets that i make and so the airflow ends up being like hey where did you know where did all the airflow end up in the front element, the back element, um, the baffle element, you know, around the driver, you know, all those things I'll end up testing and then finalizing, you know, a sound. And until that's done, I can't really, you know, finalize a, you know, design for the entire headphone. So that's kind of the, the first part of the process. And sometimes, you know, in there, I'll figure out that something's working and we'll be able to finalize some of the aesthetic design uh, with, you know, my engineer and everything. But usually there's a process that's getting the sound right before I can finish the aesthetics. And the aesthetics, I mean, it's it's very much like um, what I used to do in film school, which I think angers the our engineer because what ends up happening is I'll send him something that's somewhat similar to a mood board and stuff like that. Or, uh, <laughs> and he'll, and, you know... He'll be like, no, I just want, you know, A, B, C's, you know. And so it ends up that way. And then, obviously, Bevan gets involved and just, yeah. you know, says that's, well, that's not working. I think or it is. <laughs> Zach and I both grew up in New England. And uh, because that's an older part of the country, there's, uh, in terms of, like, settlement and industry, there are a lot of antiques. Uh, like, the houses are very old. A lot of people have antique homes, things in their home. Um, and you see how, you know, early artifacts were produced uh, before we had plastics and mass production. And I think that that sort of history of us being like, you know, from that area and just, you know, there are antiques everywhere. Houses are super old. You, you know, I remember my dad as a kid being like, here, open this drawer. Like, let me show you what a dovetail is. Or this is from the, like, this is... Um, you know, from the Art Deco era and just really learning about, um, you know, design through American history, uh, through world history, really. There's been like very um, sort of uh, iconic elements um, that you can look at and really point to like what the inspiration was. So, um, you know, Zach and I get really involved in creating these boards where we're Sending each other photos of things uh, that we find inspiring. Evan was lucky to grow up in the Woodbury, Connecticut area in and around it, which is, you know, used to be, I don't know if it is now, but, you know, one of the antiquing capitals of that area. And, you know, I know people have used the word steampunk to say over headphones. It's never, it was never my intention to create a <laughs> steampunk headphone, even though I've, I like the steampunk look. Obviously, I, you know, I played Bioshock a couple times and. <laughs> that's the whole steampunk thing but um 
Evan's like, what? Um, so, but, uh, but, but, you know, the whole, the, you know, usually I'm, I'm going with, you know, like the auteur obviously has French elements to it. The verite, you know, has some elements that are French to the designs and the curvature of everything. And then we also um, incorporated a lot of golden mean stuff that I, you know, had studied a lot when I was doing the film thing. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you kind of incorporate into the actual what you, where you end up as the aesthetic. Right. And and what I noticed as well with both the verite open and closed, um, well, at least with the verite closed, is that um, it's it, it's quite a bit smaller than the icon and, and, and Atticus. I could be wrong about that, but like just from the the pictures that I've seen, um, it, you know, one of the things that I initially, uh, like when I was first getting into you know ZMF headphones, there was this like thought in the back of my mind when I'd see those videos of DMS wearing the icon, it, where you know like he had it almost looked like he had three heads because they were about the size. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, there's not that many photos of people wearing the uh, the Otour, and uh, and, and and so, but then when the Verite and the Verite clothes came out, it's like these are starting to get you know more, uh, yeah, a little bit more uh, smaller and yes. more conventional. <laughs> Is that a prototype? No, it's that's just it's, it's the a icon. Really old. Uh, it's a really old. And I actually was telling. Uh... Uh, metal about this the other day this is an old actually it is an icon a really old Very cherry nice. icon yeah. that sits by my desk um has the old chassis on it and everything but just giving you a little little model i think tyler wears, <laughs> wears it so well <laughs> it's hard to compete with that yeah um but what it's the I, purple the, cups, actually, the, the purple cups and apparently I they sound better this is a teak set. Sorry, metal. This is teak, not cherry. But um, but the the closed verites actually the cups are actually a little bit bigger in diameter, whereas the Z axis, the thickness of it, is what is a little bit less. So that you know that kind of slightly less um, thickness. It's about thirty-seven millimeters versus forty-five. It's, it's amazing how much that eight millimeter difference does you know turn you into a little bit more of a you know little bigger. Yeah. Outcropping. Now, is also, that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, sometimes I'll say to Zach, like, I don't know, I think we could make it smaller. And he's like, Bevan, audiophiles don't care. Like, it's about <laughs> sound. Why would you suggest this cosmetic... Or trouble? they want it larger, right? Maybe there's... Maybe, you know... I mean, Taryn's all about the Princess Leia look, right? So... <laughs> I think that's his reasoning for, for wanting one. But, uh, but so I wanted to ask about the, like as far as the size goes and the the how that relates to like the sonic qualities as well um like especially for close backs is this one of the ways that allows for a certain kind of sound stage to come through where if it was a, like a smaller kind of uh, headphone it would be more challenging or um yeah what uh, what's your take on that stuff on how much back cup volume there is yeah like how so like say you have a larger space to work with does that make things easier for for well for tuning purposes for for starters, but then also for to try and get the kind of other aspects that you're looking for in the sound? Yeah, I mean it's interesting when you're when you're defining the cup volume and how far the driver has to be from the ear versus how far it is from the back cavity. I mean, you really close headphones are just so hard to design in that aspect because as you move millimeter by millimeter away from the ear and then millimeter by millimeter closer to the back of the end cavity. 
you know, you get a lots, lots of changes. You increase the, the cup reverb, you increase the immediacy and the um, impulse response, depending on how close the driver is to the ear. So there's definitely a really, you know, pretty defined sweet spot. And, you know, we altered that just a little bit, you know, with the Verite Closed versus what we had with the Atticus and Icon. Um, and actually the Verite Closed, I, when I first started, I was trying to get it to be even sleeker, you know, um, and I had a, the ear, the cups closer to the wall. Actually, do I have a prototype over there? I think I have, do I? I don't know. I'll grab it in a minute while Bevan's talking if we have it, but it was much closer to the ears. And I just, with that, with that less cup uh, depth um, and volume behind the driver, um, you know, I ended up having to add more to get the amount of decay and the frequency response I wanted because, you know, the closer that cup is, the more internal reflections are, and you have to control them differently. And for the the new damping methods I wanted to do, um, you know, I found that once I got beyond 34, 35 millimeters in cup depth, coupled with our baffle depth and uh, how deep the driver was away from the ear, that that ended up being a, a sweet spot where we had to be over that for it to work. Um, you know, and whereas the Atticus Icon drivers are angled, you know, so they're not totally 45 millimeters the whole mm -hmm. way. Um, so there's a, we have found a, a, a range in there that seems to work quite well. And um, even with the, the prototype I'm working on now that I, I was talking to you about the uh, headphone that we're aiming for that, you know, closed headphone yeah. we're aiming for that 600 to $900 range, um, you know, I'm finding a similar thing that there is a sweet spot, you know, in there that sounds the best, you know, where you have to kind of meld that with portability so that, you know, people don't, feel too embarrassed when they're in but public. see i i would almost think now like f like for me my tastes are such are, are i think initially i would have been maybe a bit apprehensive about the larger cup size but now like when i look over at you know the headphones that are on the wall here or yeah behind me and when i look at you know my eye always stops at the verite <laughs> and so i think there's something to that as well where it's if you're if you're thinking of it as like a centerpiece for uh like a hobbyist room or in you know somewhere where you're going to be you know listening to music um you know having it be the size that it is kind of helps it stand out a little bit as well um but uh, yeah it's uh i always just find it interesting like you know the the pros and cons of of that kind of stuff um but actually on the subject of damping um that's that was actually one of my next questions which i might as yeah. well skip to but uh so there was i think some time ago, I think Tile took apart an icon. I, I correct me if I'm wrong on that, but yeah, he... yeah, when he reviewed the Atticus and icon, yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, is there similar? So, like, uh, I'm always interested in the the solutions that people have for uh, that manufacturers have for you know closed back headphones in particular. And if you look at so there's there's that kind of damping method there, um, but then there's other methods. There's people doing stuff like, for example, Focal's with Focal with their uh, Stelia and the Legion. They have kind of like the, like it looks like the inside of a of a room, like a treated room with the kind of like the pyramidy box things that that are going on the yeah. inside. Um, yep. Is that something that that you'd ever consider, you know, messing around with? Um, so that was my my first question. But then the second question is, uh, yeah. Do you have to do any of this kind of damping for op for the open back versions as well, or does the advantage of it being open back mean that you don't need to do this as much? Yeah, that'd be so. I'll I'll answer you know one by one. You know, we actually did uh, you know print some some uh, damping for the uh, that 
I don't think it was exactly what Focal Focal has kind of like a stepped look to a yeah. little pyramid or something, right? Yeah. And so um, you know, I experimented with those plastic pieces, and I, I guess one of the advantages or disadvantages we have in building them is that because we're they're made of wood and they're built by hand, we can do some things that I think a bigger company that just needs to, you know, slap them together and put a you know glue the same piece on it every time that we can do a little bit different things. Um, you can like finesse because it. we're making them so much slower, you know. But um, <laughs> what what ended up happening was I I tried some of those uh, similar stepped like pieces of plastic, pieces of uh, different three D printable materials, both on my you know I have a Form Two Form Labs uh, two printer and a bunch of you know uh, direct print three D printers, and you know I I couldn't find a plastic material that. I felt made them sound more natural. I mean, I guess you guys probably know I'm very sensitive to, I want things to sound uh, organic. organic, yeah. And so <laughs> I didn't like any of that. And, and you know, the similarity to the Atticus Icon, you know, I, I like using uh, cork a lot because it is it is a wood and it's, you know, a melt material and it will take away any harshness from the wood and reflections and stuff. And I, aside from that, the, the de acoustic design is pretty different in the uh, the closed verite. It's almost a what I what I call kind of a double cavity design, and not like what Sennheiser's doing or anything, but it it kind of makes a chamber around the edges of the cups the way the damping is oriented. Mm. And uh, you know, we tried to find easier to materials to do to use it with, but we ended up using. Um, a really specific polyester material that can only be hand rolled by our technicians <laughs> every single time and it right. has to be rolled into a, a, a piece and then set in a very specific way around the ports and everything um, and that's that's one thing I would tell people don't open your Verite clothes to go look at this because <laughs> if stuff moves around it may yeah. you know it, it, it's not like it's going to be a you know magic box where a you know joker guy pops out and says your headphones <laughs> never going to sound good again but um, it is That'd oriented in there in a specific fashion around the driver chamber and it's it's that kind of double cavity of where the damping materials around in a circle that allows the the sound waves to disperse in a slower manner and it was really like a eureka moment when i figured out this damping uh, because it it's what allows there to be just enough open space back there for it to sound right. more open than most closed headphones but having um, enough damping and decay so that it still you know doesn't have all those nasty reflections that you know closed headphones can be famous for and I, I'll just say, I remember the, the photo that Tile showed that you're referencing, and yeah. uh, I think that was really early in our building stages, and now that we have, you know, a staff that, you know, Zach works with really closely, training everyone in, in the methods that he's developed, um, you know, we've come to get everything die cut and very uniform, and, uh, you know, our the guts of our headphones look much different these days from um, maybe some older displays of when, right. you know. Yeah, we, we can weren't... talk about Tile because he's not around anymore. <laughs> no, right? no, 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 no. He's, he's, he's probably watching. He's probably watching. He's tuning in some, hey, you know, somewhere in Montana. <laughs> Drive that van near lines and we'll... Hashtag van life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a, a tour of the... He's a very nice van that he... Oh, really? I hope oh. He's, he's doing well. 
He has a cute dog. I, he showed up at a can jam once after he had retired with his dog, and I was like, who is this person with a dog around expensive audio gear? <laughs> he, oh, he's, it's, uh... It's time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got... That. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, so I, I wanted to ask then with the... I mean, you're talking about, like, the reflections and damping and all that kind of stuff. Uh, is there... So I was going to ask, uh, does the wood help with this kind of damping as well? Or I, I know you've talked in the past about different densities and things like that having different effects. Um, but as far as making a closed back headphone goes, do you think this is that the fact that you're using wood materials and allows that, you know, it has these certain, you know, whichever characteristics that it has, um, is that a parameter that then helps with something like damping? Or is it more influencing other aspects like, you know, the, the speed and decay and things like that? Well, I, first off, before we go into that, I'll show you the, what an early prototype, which is not. I love the color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, the Form Labs Tough resin. It's tough. Okay. Never gonna break, and, and it's it is uh, very heavy actually because it's a very dense material. But um, and you can see these cups are actually about five millimeters thinner, and these did not work out. These do not sound very good, but I was too you know busy to take them apart. So right here they are, but. You know, when I when I do some prototypes out of cups like this, and, and what I find is that it's not that you can't, you know, you can get a great sounding headphone, as anyone knows, out of any, you know, material, plastic, metal, um, you know, wood, obviously. And, you know, I know Grotto is now doing the, uh, the hemp material. There's tons of materials you can make a good sounding headphone out of. So you don't have to use any specific material to make a headphone sound good. But, you know, the, the main thing with ZMF and using wood is just that, you know, it, as we've talked about in the past and assert some of the users knows that, you know, having a headphone that's out of a material that will will change the sound some, but not change it beyond the usability of, you know, if you're going to like the sound or not, just, it just makes every more headphone more unique. And, right. um, you know, but I wouldn't say that the wood, you know, helps it or hurts it in any way. It just makes our product more unique and it gives you, you know, the user a little bit of adjustability in there to say, you know, cause if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I really like the HD 800, um, or I really like the immediate decay of like this LCD two I used to have or something like that, that can more set me along the lines of like, Oh, like if they want immediate decay in a black background, they'll probably like a harder wood because the wood's not going to resonate as much. Or if they like that diffuse field type sound, a lighter wood, like a monkey pod where they can hear, you know, a touch of that, echoey you know cup reverb you know because some people love that some don't like it and it's it's always interesting to see them try to do two different woods and figure mm -hmm. out if you know which one works for them but so what you're saying to just go off andrew's question is that the wood because there's a variety of different densities the density does contribute to the damping either it's like being in a room that's super treated like very mm -hmm. hard or a little like softer and there's yeah and actually i was having this uh discussion with uh i probably can't say his name on on it but with one of our our uh you know owners and when i'm when i'm designing the sound for a headphone i will always use a lighter wood that's going to end up as a stock wood versus using a harder wood that'll be end up as a limited edition and a reason for that is that i always want to get the decay at a point where 
as I'm choosing the wood, it, I, you can always take away decay and people will always be fine as decay goes away and cup reverb goes away. So I always want to set the stock wood as almost the point where like, hey, this is the most amount of decay I'm, as the headphone designer, am willing to have in this headphone, the most amount of cup reverb. Um, I'm not going to go to a softer wood than this. And, and that makes choosing woods after that easier because I just know, hey, any wood I choose after this has to be denser to, you know, keep the sound that I was after in this, if that makes sense. Right, right. So just so I'm... Uh, just so I'm thinking about this correctly, yeah. then the denser the wood, you, I know you have this on your website, but I just want to confirm yeah. uh, the denser the, the, the wood, the more cup reverb effect you get. Is that correct? The denser the wood, the less cup the reverb. The less. Okay, okay, think okay. About, think about it as in terms of like, um, you know, if you have a really hard piece of rubber versus a hollow piece of rubber or something, you know, mm -hmm. the one that's hollow or lighter is going to vibrate more as you. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. That makes that makes a certain amount of sense, yeah. Um, okay, um, so uh, I wanted to ask about um, the product goals that you guys have for the different models that you have. Um, so, for example, when the Otour came out, uh, that was that had this sort of more kind of like uh, let's say warm take on neutral kind of tuning, um, and uh, it was very, very popular. But then when the Verite, when you guys released the Verite, it had a very different uh, kind of sound to it. I'm just wondering, like, is there, when you're tuning a headphone or when you're coming up with the design, do you already have it in the back of your mind that you're going to have, okay, this is going to sound like this one and this is going to sound like this, but this is going to have this kind of flavor to it? Or is this something that you come to as you're developing it and you just realize you like this thing or you like a different kind of sound or you're after something else? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I'm designing headphones, I, I you could kind of think as our headphone lineup is almost like this is Zach's collection of headphones that he made for himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, what's the market need or what? Because I don't know. I, I think there's some brands that have headphones where it's kind of like the whole brand has a similar sound throughout. And I know we have that, too. But it's just like, you know, the $300 version of it, the $600 version yeah. of it, the $2,000 version of it. Um, whereas, you know, the, our prices are more based on like, Hey, how much did this cost for us to do the R and D? How much does it mm -hmm. cost us to make the product? You know, like the Verite has that acid etched grill and magnesium parts and the brilliant drivers that cost so much money for us to, to get the material to make the drivers. Right. And so it's, it's more that like, Oh, I, I made what my, you know, neutral headphone is in the Otor, which is that warm neutral you were talking about. I've got a really punchy nodal driver in the A-list, but I don't have this really fast headphone in my collection yet. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna go make that driver and do what I need to do with those materials to get this fast, dynamic, quick, fast decay you know, type headphone that has a little bit of a uh, nuanced response that kind of accentuates imaging and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's more, you know, me being like, hey, let's, let's keep, you know, let's keep the collection growing. Right. I love that idea of Zach's collection. No more <laughs> well, but I mean, on that subject, I mean, is there a, is there a Bevan's headphone collection coming soon? <laughs> is that something that's also, you know, the iPhone speakers, the iPhone speakers, right? <laughs> Actually, you should, you should create a little uh, uh, ZMF iPhone cup thing that you could put the iPhone in to get the, to where it projects. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Like, do you see those? Tyler. 
That's I I've I've made one of those for my car, like a makeshift one, because I couldn't hook it into the speakers. The the ZMF iPhone uh, horn horn uh, uh, adapter. Oh man, I I became uh, I did a bad thing revealing that about myself. Credited all audiophile clout from here on out. No, I I actually like the um, Verite closed. I was an Icon fan before. That's what mm-hmm. I would most reach for. You've always liked the closed headphones. I've always liked more. closed headphones more. So I was I was kind of shocked to hear that the headphone world, most people tend to appreciate open. They're like, well, if you have to use closed, I'm like, what? I I prefer closed headphones. That was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I just I get very distracted by like outside sounds if I can hear anything around me I will be like you know distracted so. it's kind of like the ultimate headphone experience when you're puts you in your own world is that what you like about it yeah you're just yeah. away yeah but not so much so like noise canceling kind of freaks me out because I like to be able to hear like you know if the house is burning down it's all about you know I'm always trying to get you to wear those, my Sony 1000 X's. I'm always trying to get Bevan to wear the, my Sony's and be like, hey, this will help you multitask and this and that. But the noise canceling just freaks. Is it just the too quiet? Is that? Yeah, I don't. I uh. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> closed headphone fan. I'm a very closed person now. <laughs> very closed. Okay. All right. So so is that uh, the 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 beginning of Bevan's collection? Is the Verite closed and then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always you know I there's headphones that go out the door and you're always sad. And you're like, oh, I I wish I could keep that one. That one's nice. And you know, <laughs> Bevan has said. I, I think there's a uh, we did a one off olive wood a list that is on the table upstairs. And Bevan's like, do we do we have to send this one out? Are we sending this one out? I'm like, nobody. You know, that's that's yours for now. That'll be yours oh. until. Because we, uh, we, yeah, we have a stash of olive, olive wood we bought. We made one, came out well. So in the future, at some point, there will be an olive wood uh, headphone run. Right. Well, that's, it does that's not exciting. smell like olives. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any color bevin on that, outside of the olive wood, what would it be, though? On the Verite Closed? Um, yeah, I mean, I know we showed them on... Uh, the cast we went live with you on Tyler, but mm-hmm. the the stabilized wood is really super neat. Um, I'm excited for those. Someone, someone's asking if you've tried IEMs. Have I? I have. I I'm gonna come off as like a super picky person, but I also don't <laughs> like the feeling of things like in my ears. I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> so you. I just really like over ear closed headphones. It's a lot um, of uh, a lot of your phone being on speakerphone. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> I I'm. I think I have like a very picky sensory system and I just, you know, that's what I found like doesn't bug me out too much. Metal says Th- thankfully uh, you're Bevan. on audiophiles. Oh. <laughs> Metal says Bevan's husband's headphones. That's That's right. That's Metal. more or less the, the vibe. And, yeah. and Elric, yeah, there's Elric. Elric said hi earlier to you guys and he oh. is posted Elric to on there. <laughs> Say hi, hi Elric. I know I saw Christopher and yeah. Android. <laughs> I was just here. Crin's in here too, I think. He, uh, yeah, he's more the IAM guy. We were just having this conversation though about closed back versus IEMs, and like I tend to like my preferences align with with Bevan's a little bit on the closed back front, which you know it's not because 
for me though it's not because of like you know disliking the feeling of iems i just i find that there's more to be gained by over your headphones in general I just i to me it just sounds more yeah i guess more normal <laughs> whereas with iems i always feel like yeah especially especially this is something i've noticed even with iems and maybe maybe i'm alone in this but like i feel like when i'm outside like walking around with iems i can feel or i can hear the vibrations of my footsteps like this is oh. sort of low frequency thing going on and it really gets to me it's really weird I um, totally understand what you're talking about. Where you feel like trapped <laughs> in your own body and you can hear your like swallowing. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're like, stop. Yeah. I you, ever try, just... you ever try eating a sandwich with those IEMs in? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think some That's... people are into that. It's like an ASMR trigger for them. Right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have to try it after this stream. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, the other thing about IEMs too is that I'm jealous of as a manufacturer is you know like uh, Campfire just came out with like three flagship IEMs the same day. Like I could, it take. It, right. I don't maybe it's me. I could just never design three flagship headphones. I feel like us as a company, we would be able. People would come out with three at a time. People mine would blow. They I wouldn't know which one to buy. Right. But the IEM world All is so them. saturated. They can do whatever they want. That's true. I agree with you, Zach. I think it's too oversaturated. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I have I have a bunch more questions here for you if you guys don't mind. Uh, Keep it the so I had a question about your target tuning, and I've we've chatted about this in the past. Um, and uh, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about your target tuning is, um, so apart from that sort of slight downslope and kind of the the let's say uh, slightly warmer kind of kind of sound. Um, we talked about how a lot of your headphones have a kind of euphony to them and like so, so when you say euphony i i know what you mean but i'm but i'm just trying to think of like how can i like in what what other ways can i describe this quality um and it is it is kind of like a romantic kind of sound it's uh, something like that and uh, magic yeah yeah exactly but 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 i'm wondering like you know David is this something so. that you're it, when you're tuning a headphone are you like consciously trying to get it to have this kind of quality or is this just something that you end up getting as a result of your own preferences see like, real quick I, yeah. I, before you say yeah, something like, I, when when that question andrew i for whatever reason this is more just a funny side aside so you can answer in a second but i just imagine zach uh doing some uh fantasia <laughs> with mickey with the hat and he puts the, the then he gets the wizard thing he gets the big robe and starts going in there starting to design his his uh waves the wand robot. and says you the must wand, have yeah. euphony yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he gets the brooms to go in yeah. and start converting into all the headphones <laughs> yeah i think i think that comes from you know it, it's not a conscious decision where i sit down and say oh, i'm gonna tune this headphone until i have euphony as tyler would. <laughs> it's, it's that i think it comes from a place where my my background is in you know when i was in my early 20s um i used to play tons of acoustic instruments and try to play music with people and go to you know bluegrass shows and stuff like that and so a lot of it has to do with the fact that i'm listening to a lot of acoustic music. I also like electronic music, EDM, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, that paired with the kind of gear that I have and the, you know, solid state and tube amps and all that stuff, there just ends up being a point where I'll be listening to, you know, my preferred things 
And, you know, now at this point, you know, that I've been doing it for so long, I know exactly where, you know, on the frequency response graph that I'm kind of looking for to get to my, you know, specific taste. And so mm -hmm. what ends up happening is, you know, I'll hit that on the graph, I'll go listen to it, and I'll go back and forth, you know, as I'm tuning a headphone. And it, it always ends up to where that sweet spot to where, you know, those acoustic instruments sound as it is close to in, in the headphone as they can to where I am in person listening to them you know or playing them the way they kind of reverberate and i think that's why there's you know a little bit of you know cup reverb in our headphones that you know is added in by having a little more wood around you know the closed and the open enclosures um and a little bit more of that you know decay that to me sounds more lifelike versus a headphone that has zero decay and just disappears and it you know Every once in a while, there'll be a customer who, who loves our headphone with, you know, a super low impedance amp like a Rupert Nev or THX or something like that. And those are great amps. They're, they're fantastic. They give you a really clean output, but they take away because of the high damping factor, especially with our headphones being high impedance. They take away some of that stuff that I, you know, tune into the headphones, which is that little bit of, you know, what we're calling euphony, but is that kind of... Um, you know, slightly rounder sound that is more of life to me, at least. Is more of life. I love, I love that description. More of life. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny because I had a, so I had a similar uh, question uh, that I gave, uh, that I asked of uh, Fang Bian from Hi-Fi Man. Um, you know, I asked him like, do you, do you tune to a certain target curve? Do you have this, uh, you know, very carefully figured out? And his answer was actually kind of similar. Like he, he said that he likes to, his, his version of real is going to a really good seat in, you know, Lincoln center or like, um, uh, Carnegie hall or something like that. And then, you know, hearing the, the concert and that's what he aims for. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear that as being, um, a, a target like that kind of like not necessarily looking at, at you know okay I want to match this frequency response curve or harmon target or whatever um, but rather you know here's how I want to hear this music that I like um, but but that um, that brings me to the the next question that I had which I also asked of Fang Bian which is um, do you have certain genres in mind when you're uh, when you're tuning a headphone or trying to get it to a, a, a certain like for example um, you know, is there a headphone that you're like, yeah, I really want this to sound really good with EDM. And then that's, you know, how you evaluate it. Yeah. You know, I, I get the, uh, that question a lot in emails and I know you see it a lot too, when you're doing emails that it's like, people are like, which one of your headphones is good for <laughs> Frank Zappa? You know? And I'm like, I've never thought about this before. And, and the truth <laughs> is, is that I'm, when I'm tuning a headphone, I'm, I'm tuning for the, the overall sound and I'm not, saying, hey, I'm going to go listen to the new Goat Rodeo session CD and make sure that this headphone's the best for that. Because it, you know, like anybody, you know, I want I listen to a lot of different things and I want mm -hmm. to make sure that the headphone works for all that, but it's going to work for that with its own character. Um, right. You know, and so it's, it's more useful to me when I hear people ask those questions to say, hey, what are your subjective tastes towards instead of towards like in describing you know, how they want to hear something than just saying what genre, even though I know the Atticus because it's got all that mid bass and relaxed sound that lets you turn the metal up <laughs> really loud. And that's that's uh, metal's favorite <laughs> headphone, actually. <laughs> I don't know if he, if he listens to death metal, but 
Let's yeah, we, we, we can assume that. Yeah. So many genres of metal we learned about. What was the one? Uh, he what's that metal, metal that goes on for like an hour? Oh, Doom, doom metal. Learned about oh, yeah. Doom metal. There's a lot of different types so of metal. So many subgenres to oh, metal yeah. that associated with like subcultures that I just had no idea. It's very interesting. I saw a video on YouTube of, of, of uh, animals playing metal the other day. There's uh, dogs, I think. Someone sent me a link of it was like uh, AI generated death metal that was just going on for hours, and it was and it actually sounded very much like not an actual band playing, but it was all like a neural network. Um, I forget who sent me that, um, but anyways, <laughs> it's not, neither here nor there. Um, so the, we'll take a break to watch this is the emo metal. <laughs> this is the emo metal. See, I just thought he always listened to Metallica. This should be its own, you know thing is what kind of can we guess correctly what kind of metal metal 571 likes um but so no on the subject of, of genres um it, it's funny because like that's exactly what fang bian said as well and his reasoning made a lot of sense to me which was that you uh within genres you have a very wide range of recording styles um and so you may have jazz so i always think of you know like jazz music as being a little bit more like warm you know you got those upright double basses and you know uh, uh vocals and things like that um in comparison to uh you know classical music maybe being a little bit different or rock music being a little bit different but uh, i think he's he was right when he said that you know within all these genres you can record it in ways that are brighter or warmer and where the mastering is different as well and so it doesn't like having one headphone for just one genre or, or tuning a headphone just for one genre might not be you know as uh, yeah straightforward <laughs> as we think um, so that it's, it's it's good to hear that as well, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, that'd be impossible to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like as I move closer to the mic, or I move further away from the mic. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. It's all it's all recorded in in different ways, and you know. Yeah. I also the... think. I mean, to me, it just sort of follows that if you're trying to have a headphone reproduce live music from a real experience that you should have a lot of experience listening to live music. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how are you going to judge if, if this reproduced guitar strum sounds mm -hmm. like an actual guitar strum, unless, you know, you've had a lot of exposure to that? I, I don't know. To me, that, that just sort yeah. of experience. But at the same time, I'm sure there's people out there that want to listen, don't listen to live music and only listen to recorded stuff and... Uh, you know, because there's some bands you you hear the recording and then you see them live and they sound oh. totally different. <laughs> yeah, see, true. what what true. what I would wonder is like if somebody's never heard the sound of an acoustic guitar, like which is ridiculous. But imagine somebody's never heard the sound of a, of an acoustic guitar, and they've only ever heard recordings of acoustic guitars on headphones that are not particularly like let's say well tuned. Say they're you know <laughs> super weird tuning somehow. Uh, and then they think, oh, that's just what acoustic guitars are supposed to sound like. That's, right? that's, yeah. that's, uh, what's your reality, right? Because it's your yeah, experience, yeah. it's your reality. Yeah, exactly. I always try to get Zach to go to concerts by saying, hey, it's R&D. We, like, we should go. Say <laughs> so it's R&D. Well played. Like, yeah. come on. We're, yeah, we're, but we're not putting <laughs> concerts as R&D expenses. No, no, just no, so no. our accountant knows. <laughs> I don't want to tired. I don't want to go. What the, <laughs> I've been on. to a concert in the last six months or whatever <laughs> right no I'll, I'll, we had some good ones that were 
Oh yeah, that's tough. What was it? Yeah, Asgir. Asgir was just about to happen, and then the pandemic hit. So Asgir, hope you're watching this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they are. <laughs> 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 we gotta link them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so um, the last question on that subject of of uh, you know headphone tunings was uh, when you're tuning headphones. You mentioned like. Uh, solid state and tube amps and how and, and all that stuff and I'm, I'm just wondering for when you're coming up with a final tuning um do you have a do you have a priority do you think okay i really want this to sound really good on the zmf pendant for example or, or something like a tube amp that would be like that or are you thinking this has to sound good on both solid state has, has to sound good on tubes has to sound good on everything um, yeah so what's what's your take on like tuning with certain synergies in mind uh oh, my compressor just went off. Can you hear that? Yeah, but it's okay. We can still hear you. We're in the workshop. Do you know how to, do you know how to turn it off? It's the one. It's the so, one right so, like, and on that subject, do you tune headphones with the sound of a compressor in the background? Is that, like, part of the, you know... No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Well, it either turned itself off or Bevan turned it off. Did you get turned off, or was that just... Come on. Well, sometimes it turns itself off. All right, so anyways, uh, tube amps versus solid-state amps. When I'm, when I'm tuning, uh, I'm usually on a solid-state amp, honestly, because... Um, Interesting. Because, it, I mean, it's kind of the similar thing where... I, if it's going to, like... So, you know, tube amps add a little bit of that second-order distortion. Yeah. They, add, they add things, right? And so where solid-state amps, you know, pretty much are going to give you you know, what's in the headphone, although the impedance, you know, ups the damping factor pretty high, but, and also more people out there are listening on solid state amps than tube amps. And so it'd be, I think it'd be a little bit tougher to tune on a tube amp that maybe because of the damping factor is lower, is adding a little more romance or a little more that euphony. And I'd be hearing something that'd be more different than what everyone else is going to hear. Right. Um, you know, and so you know, right now, yeah, I, I mostly tune on a solid state amp. And that's not to say that I don't have a tube amp right there and go listen to it. <laughs> but my first listen is yeah. usually going to be on a solid state amp. And, and that's just because I don't want to I don't want to add in any of those extra things that come from a tube amp, even though I absolutely love them um, as something that, you know, is going to be the first result of where I'm at, because I don't. I haven't done it yet, but I could imagine if I tuned on a tube amp and then went to a solid state amp, I, you know, probably like what I did on the tube amp yeah. more than the solid state amp. Whereas I think the reverse, you know, the solid state sound is always going to qualify to the tube amp more because there's less added there as a default. Right. Um, that was one of the things I really liked about the pendant was that it was, I mean, one of the more neutral tube amps that I, I think I've ever heard, um, and it it still had that tube character in spite of the fact that I, th I think even I, like I, I measured it on one of those, like, yeah, on the like little mini DSP years ago, I was measuring how headphones yeah. would, would sound or would the frequency response and whether or not they were any different. And they weren't, which I thought was kind of surprising because you could really still hear the tube character coming through. And that was, uh, well, that's what I really, really liked about it. But um, I think we could move yeah, on to some shouldn't change the frequency response. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, I think we can move on to some of the uh, more technical questions. So, uh, Bevan, I hope you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Throw me a softball, Andrew. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, 
I, I know you guys, uh, my question was going to be what's polyethylene naphthalate, but uh, <laughs> before getting to that one, um, maybe uh, I wanted to ask, um, you know, what are some of the challenge that, challenges that you noticed when, you know, trying to tune a headphone with um, with this beryllium uh, or you know, vapor deposited beryllium driver uh, in the Verite? And uh, is, is there anything from a materials perspective that um, when you do go to this kind of driver, um, well, first, I would say, what do you like about beryllium? Um, and, but then second, yeah, um, what would be the challenges with working with that material um, that you that, that, made, that makes it difficult to, uh, to tune? Or is it even difficult to tune? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when I, the reason I wanted to go towards beryllium is that, you know, we've tried a bunch of other materials, uh, you know, for the membranes and stuff. And, you know, the, the metal drivers are always tough because, you know, we've tried aluminum magnesium. Mm -hmm. uh, we've tried titanium. Um, and, you know, there's always, they ring. I mean, there's a ringing to mm -hmm. metal that is going to be there to some extent. And out of all the metal drivers that I've used, the one that rings the less that has that fastest decay. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I've seen on the Materion studies and everything and read their white papers and stuff that, you know, when you do all the, the scientific measurements that the beryllium out of all those, and you can hear it pretty immediately. Mm -hmm. it, it just has the the most natural sound because it's not leaving anything uh, extra on right. the table, um, you know, and I'm sure you can see that impulse response and, and all that stuff and decays things. And so, you know, it's, it's similar in that, you know, you're not, you're not getting as much added. And then, you know, as far as going with a, a vapor deposed driver versus the, the pure beryllium, um, you know, it, it actually, the cost wasn't too different in the, I mean, the cost of the per driver is a little less, but, the amount of material we had to buy to make the deposed drivers and mm -hmm. depose the beryllium onto the, the polyethylene um, was so much higher that it kind of canceled itself out. Um, and I've, I've always just liked the, you know, polyethylene naphthalate material because it, you know, it provides a little bit more of a, a nodal response because it is, you know, a thin uh, plastic material. And so, you know, having those two combined, uh, kept us enabled us to get that really fast sound um you know that was still just nodal enough so it didn't you know because one of the complaints i think that, uh, that i've heard every once in a while about the auteur mm -hmm. which is a pretty stiff membrane is that it, it moves as a panel so much and so it it ends up sounding if people have put it on it shows that don't know anything about our brand they'll put it on and they'll be like this is a planar magnetic right and, and like oh no it's not and that's because it has that kind of slight compression to the sound even though it's very neutral um because the driver's so stiff and so adding that polyethylene naphthalate in the verite enables just to get a little bit more nodal of a response so that it would end up having that kind of speed to it without sounding harsh if that makes any sense yeah that's very interesting i, I didn't realize that because the atour uses the biocellulose right yes yeah 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 um it's funny. I, I would never have uh, thought uh, <laughs> had that thought about the the auteur with the uh, as as a planar. But I guess so. So when you say nodal, do you mean like it, um, you're looking for a little bit more uh, give there, or what? What exactly does that uh, does that mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just the idea that when the driver's excursion has excursion, yeah. 
that um, the center note of the driver, like if you look at a driver when the music's playing and you're just watching it, you know, <laughs> looking at the membrane, you can kind of see, you know, especially when you turn the volume up really loud. Of course, you know, I always try to break a couple drivers when we're in the R&D process. Right. You can kind of see what part of the driver is is moving a lot and, you know, how much the voice coil is moving it and how much the, um, the uh, attachment ring is moving and everything. And, you know, it's just the having the slightly thinner polyethylene behind there allows it to move a little more in the center of the driver the node versus right. just moving with the surround as a panel and so the the Otor driver driver has the thick surround and moves more as a panel whereas mm -hmm. the verite one has a little bit more even though it's still pretty stiff a little bit more movement just from the center right okay that's that's interesting um and on the subject of aluminum magnesium, um, I mean, is this, uh, you're, you're talking about, uh, you mentioned it on, on Tyler's uh, podcast as well, but the, the, the new one that's in development, um, that is, is it going to still be aluminum magnesium or have you settled on any materials to use? I'm actually not sure. I, ha I haven't decided on a final material for the driver yet. And uh, part of the reason is that we're, you know, I, at first I was going to use our old design that, you know, but it it's more and more looking like and it's probably just me being restless that i kind of want to have something new and you know redo the the molds a little bit to uh see what i can get out of some new driver designs and materials and stuff so i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure and we're a little ways away from releasing that headphone right. um right now I'm, I'm still playing around with different membrane materials right right okay so it's more just it's uh it's still a gleam in your eye <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, the tough thing about it is I have the physical design pretty much done to what I know is working really well, but it's kind of finalizing yeah. those elements at the end. Uh, right, Zach right. Does, Zach has the weirdest uh, sleep schedule. Like, he doesn't need lots of sleep as a person. And so at the end of his day, you know, he usually works on, like, ZMF production stuff until, like, 10. And then from maybe 11 until, like, 2 in the morning... You just hear 3D printers going and <laughs> Zach, I just hear his feet going from room to room. And then in the morning, he's like, oh, look, like, come, come, let me show you this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything is final until it's final because there's a lot of, you know, he's, he's up iterating. Uh, I always feel like I need more sleep. <laughs> but sometimes, I mean... Someday. never enough time in the day <laughs> yeah it's, i was just gonna say sometimes it's like make the prototypes for uh people who are creative especially i think it's you know when the that moment strikes and you got that idea and you just gotta see it through um it can happen at any hour um when he first started modding oh no go ahead go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say when you first started modding t50s I used to know like the exact sound of like an entire chassis just like hitting a waste basket in the other room. <laughs> like I'd just be like, "Oh no, he's gonna be mad." <laughs> like I knew that as a sound when you were. I broke a in... I broke a lot of T fifties <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine years ago. It was not no. fun. <laughs> I mean, that's Learning one of the things that yeah, right. Like, and and something. I mean, I. I I think 
for everybody who's sort of heard the ZMF story, which I, you know, I don't want to, you know, speak for you guys, but um, it's something that resonates with with me and I think a lot of other enthusiasts as well. Where, um, you know, you were the hobbyist. The the you know, I I think a lot of us can sort of see ourselves in your shoes back when you first started. Where, you know, you had this idea, you know, idea of changing something on a headphone to improve the sound. And it's amazing to see where that's kind of taken you guys to now where you guys, uh, you know, at CanJam, you have your whole, the whole room is a ZMF room. And it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy to see, you know, the, what's become of this. Right. Um, and even just, you know, when I was listening to what you guys were chatting with, with Tyler about uh, the other day, you know, you, you mentioned that you're like one of your first like high end headphones was like the, the HE 500 and like pretty much everything you were, you were mentioning. I was like, that, that's exactly how I got started in this hobby. That's, that's exactly my experience as well. So I, you know, to, to see, or to, I guess, know that you guys have done this from, you know, the early days in around the same time that I was you know interested in this stuff as well, like back on HeadFi is, uh, is very refreshing and it's inspiring in many ways. Um, yeah. And I mean, um, many ways I'm still on that journey of you know finding out you know your tastes are always changing and everything but you know when when somebody's talking to us about you know what headphone they're looking out of ours or other headphones in the industry you know it's you know you you kind of i don't know for me it's really nice to talk to people about that hobby part of it because i'm you know either in the same place they are now or where they are talking about a few years ago so i can really empathize and really put myself in their shoes and be excited about you know uh, that part of the the hobby and excitement of finding out what works for you and all that right actually i, I got to mention as well that the so the purchasing process for when you buy a zmf headphone involves for anybody who's unaware of this is one of the most exciting uh processes especially for anybody who like I, i'm just thinking of how many times i've refreshed that spreadsheet <laughs> It's like a mini Christmas. Ex- oh, exactly. Anticipation it's just anticipation of like, oh, did it move up? Did it move up? Am I? Am I <laughs> Where am I? I update. We've been doing a really bad job of updating that. I will update it. I'll do it right now. No, That's part of the fun. No. That's part of the fun. It, it is part of the fun. It absolutely is. I mean, you're every week. You're back looking at the at the spreadsheet and seeing where you're at. It's just it's it's, it's a totally. The anticipation. I remember we had one customer who. Uh, who was like, uh, my headphone is in pending and I just got a shipped notification from you. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Hope you're home. Um, we sent you a empty sent you a seahorse case. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we're not always staying on that with just trying to, you know, attend to the other areas of things. But yeah. Right. Um, we'll be better. <laughs> no, I, I like it as is. You know, it's, it's great. Keep, keep everybody guessing. Um, <laughs> uh, so keep getting back through. to getting back to the, uh, the the technical discussion here a bit. Um, I, I had a question for you specifically about. Uh, I, well, I had questions for you guys about the pads and pad development, but um, one of the things that I've really liked about the Verite in particular is that um, there are so many different pad options that do. I mean, they, there's a general sort of trend for the sound. But, uh, you know, you, you can uh, influence the sound to, you know, be brighter or warmer or whatever with so many different pad options. And um, I, I first wanted to ask what's so specifically about the Verite, the thing that make one of the things that makes it very unique, I find, is the, the, the sharp, uh, like, let's say, uh, dip there at 3 to 4K hertz, roughly. I, I'm not sure if that's exactly where it shows up on the audio precision rig, but 
um one of the things that, that's yeah yeah exactly what <laughs> one of the things that that st stands out to me with that um is that i i almost think that it it doesn't look the way that it sounds because it sounds like it's so specific like it's a it's a very particular resonance that's being removed and i'm, I'm like i was wondering like have you guys had the similar kind of experience with the verite as well and this is for for tyler as well I've, I've tried to put it into words and other like you know live streams that I've done, like, which is which difficult. Ear pads that we. Oh no! So, so sorry. The getting to the ear pads was was okay. you know in spite of the fact that you can get different you know you can use different ear pads that can have mm -hmm. different effects on the sound. There's still something recognizable about the verite, um, and it and in my mind it is that that one little small element that's that's this resonance that's removed. And I remember when I uh, when I was trying to like play around with EQ and I was trying to add a little bit of energy back there. Um, I always find that it, it's um, it's as if you're adding a resonance that you that you didn't know you didn't want. <laughs> and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the um, yeah, I mean that that area where that you know dip is like three point one to about four point five. You know, there's a cut yeah. of you know depending on what ear pad you have of about I don't know four to seven dB somewhere in there depending on what ear pad it is. Um, but yeah, it definitely is an area where, you know, it's between that, depending on how you're defining it, between the, you know, upper mids, lower treble area. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's where a lot of voices start to sound sharp, um, you know, so that, I don't know, you don't always feel like uh, it has to be there or not. But you can definitely tune it up or down a little bit with the, with the ear pads. And, you know, the closer your ear gets to the actual driver, it goes away a little bit so that, you know, if you're using the Verite pads and suede or something, I think it's pretty, um, you know, it's down to around maybe 4 dB or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's, so that's, uh, so you're saying that's for the vocal presence to not be as forward and fatiguing um, that it could occasionally be. That... Yeah, I mean, it, it adds a it, yeah, I mean, it adds a little bit of uh, smoothness to that area. It yeah. actually also, you know, because of, of that cut in that area, it makes the dimensionality and seem a little more layered. Um, you know, right. That was the other thing. All the I was frequencies were there. Yeah. I don't think the headphone would sound quite as three dimensional. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean, you can definitely uh, EQ it back in a little bit, um, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's all to your personal taste for sure. As for well. sure, yeah. I, I just, I always find that when I do that, I, I, I end up going back to, you know, with before EQ. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wanted to, meant to ask then about the pad development is, so there, it seems like there's just so many different, uh, you know, types of pads out there. Um, I think last time you and I were talking about this, you, you'd mentioned that your favorite was actually still the Verite pads or has that has that changed at all? Sorry, the, Which the, the one flat? did I say last time? I said Verite I think it was the flat. The yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place with the ear pads because I, you know, a lot of the time I'm listening to new headphones and testing them before they go out or listening to my personal set sometimes. And it it really depends on what amp I'm listening to and right. what mood I'm in or music. And um, it, it usually goes between the Verite pads and the Universe pads. I mean, the headphone, the pads you get with your headphone are usually the pads Zach likes to talk <laughs> about myself in the third person, uh, which, you know, is selfish of me or whatever. But, it, you know, I usually try to give a slightly warmer option and a more neutral option. Um, I, the BE2 pads are great, though, and they are a great middle ground. And I think I was reading that you, was it that you prefer the BE2 pads these days? 
well, the VE2 suedes are the ones that I'm into right now. Um, mostly for the for the treble balance. That's the, I really like the way the treble balance is. That's they're on here right now. Um, but uh, I think when I first um, when I first got the verite, I was more into the flat verite pads. Um, and I yeah, I mean, I, th I think it it goes to what you were saying about how it you know, even it almost feels like the, it's just closer to your ear as well. And so some of the some of the technical aspects come through a little bit more strongly with the with the flat pads. Um, and so I, I still often find myself going back and forth between the the flat verite pads and the uh, and the BE2 suede's. Um, but actually, I wanted to ask: uh, Does so, Bevan? Do you have a, a different preference for pads than than, than Zach does? Or um, I think maybe I like with the verite closed. Let's say the verite closed. I like generally a warmer presentation. Probably, I probably like the universe pads. I think they're on the verite closed. Um, a little more of a downslope there for you. A little more of a downslope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, the more people lately have liked the uh, Verite pads on the Verite closed, you know, people who want that more neutral presentation, which is surprising because most people want the closed headphone to have all that punchiness and stuff that closed headphones are known for. But uh, the Verite pads have been picking up steam a little bit on the Verite closed a little. I'll I'll let you listen to them later. Yeah, give me give me a, <laughs> trial, a demo. So so when you guys are are developing pads, I mean, is is one of the reasons for that just because that's what you're you're like? I wonder how this is going to sound with this headphone, and then you come up with a design, or how does that work, or what, what's the inspiration for the different pad development? I think there's a, a little bit of an explanation on our website, which I need to make easier to find on the website. That's called uh, under the information section of ZMF pads. Um, and then there's some rules on there, but, but generally the idea is just that once you find the right ear pad volume for a headphone, you can kind of play around with it to where as you move the ear closer to the driver, you can make the inner cavity wider because you know you're getting closer to the driver and taking away some of that volume and as you get further away from the driver you have to close down the space a little bit to keep the volume the same and so that's kind of the universe pad be2 pad and verite pad all have very very close um almost exact ear volume sides even though they change the distance the ear is from the driver and you kind of know as the ear gets closer to the driver that you're going to smooth out the frequency response a little where you're going to get a little bit less of that, um, you know, reverberance around in the ear side cavity. So there's going to be a little bit less bass. The trebles are going to, the treble is going to be a little bit smoother. Um, you're going to get rid of, you know, any, you know, like in the verite, any uh, peaks and valleys are going to get compressed a little bit. And as you move the ear further away, the opposite right. effect is going to happen. And so, you know, having those options for, each headphone, you know, um, it's just, it helps users find what works for them because, you know, us as humans all react to, you know, the same thing differently. Um, you know, and you know, I was actually, you know, talking, um, you know, the people the other day about how humans just are so varied in how we react to, to everything that, you know, mm -hmm. having that stuff helps people okay. enjoy, you know, each part of the thing. Cause because that's the thing about everybody is that, you know, everybody's tastes are, and everybody's going to hear things a different way. Some people, you know, taste cilantro as like soap and some people <laughs> like guacamole. <laughs> don't hear it. So, you're a cilantro so soap person, yeah. right? Disgusting. Sorry. I, I used to be a cilantro person, but I'm not anymore. So taste can change. <laughs> true. That's very what, true. What happened to you? 
I got really bad food poisoning once after eating uh, something that had cilantro in it, and now it's like the Sospernay syndrome oh. or something like that. Where I, every time I, I like have cilantro, I'm reminded of that <laughs> that experience. <laughs> What's your, have you found a new food that you enjoy to replace it? No, unfortunately, and I'm really upset yeah. about it because I, there's so many awesome foods out there that I you know like that have that have cilantro in them that I just can't enjoy anymore. It's a real oh. bummer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah <laughs> yeah that's okay life is hard <laughs> i have to live without cilantro for a little bit um but a actually uh, uh you know one of the things that i really like about i mean the pad differences they are uh different enough where uh at least the ones that i've tried so far i haven't tried all of them but uh it's it's something where it I, it's another part of that personalization aspect that i really like where you know uh instead of doing I, a lot of my audience for example is really resistant to the to the notion of doing eq right and the cool thing about this, all the different emf pads is that you don't have to <laughs> right like you can just you can use a different pad right it's a different type of slightly different type of sound um and that was one of the things that like i remember even when i first got the verite i was so surprised at how different it was with the uh verite pads and the universe pads where i thought to myself this is almost like you have two different headphones <laughs> but um uh, but yeah, that, that's just something that is, I think, super unique to, to ZMF. Yeah, and I've always found using ear pads is a, for me, is a better way of tuning yeah. a response of a headphone than adding or taking away filters over the driver. And that's not to say that taking adding or taking away filters over the driver is a bad thing or anything, but but you are changing the uh, the airflow and how you know fast the sounds getting to your ear because you're changing the you know how much air can come from the driver and how much air can be moved and right. so you know you may get a similar response in flattening the treble peaks from you know putting some you know acoustics or you know something over the front of the driver but once you find that that good zone of how you know how you want the driver to impart air to the ear ear pads allow you know that speed you know of air movement from the driver to remain more constant with your pad yeah chain. yeah um i always think it's amazing how much of a difference that like ear pads in general can make um, but you're talking about filters like the way um like some of the dan clark audio like the aeon uh headphones they have kind of like a, a a tuning filter that you can like inserts that you can put into it i'm not sure if that's or do you mean like in, actually in front of the driver yeah, I mean, like anything in front of the driver, mm. you know, and a lot of that comes from my T50 days and where a lot of our T50 mods had uh, frontal damping in front of the driver. Right. It's just something that I found. And, you know, even, um, you know, I had this experience with the Verite at uh, RMAF where we really wanted to show the Verite at RMAF. And, you know, we had a version with, um, you know, an acoustics filter on it and a version without Right. And my ears were so, uh, you know, tight, fatigued from just <laughs> tuning this headphone so long that what ended up happening was I, di I didn't realize it, but putting that filter in front was slowing down the airspeed so much that it lost some of that dynamic edge that was really enjoy about it, but made me able to listen to it more because my ears were tired. Oh, um, right, right. And yeah. so it's just, I find that, you know, what I've realized is that, um, you know once you take those any slow that airspeed down at all you know it kind of once we took that off at rmaf people were like oh that's you know that's what i wanted to hear um, I, I i remember so that i don't i don't know how dan's the dan clark headphones work as far as those uh filters work but it's mostly what i'm talking about is just my experience with 
yeah. you know, our headphones and my T50 modding days and then having that experience at RMAF. Right. Yeah, I, I remember because I think I followed the I was following the Verite's development fairly closely because I knew I, I already was a CMF fan before then. So I was I remember I was like, oh, yeah, what are people saying about this? And I remember that, uh, you know, the, the the different impressions that people were getting and like one was from one the one that had the um the, the whatever it was that you put in front and the other one didn't and so i remember yeah there was uh there was definitely almost like a bit of controversy back then <laughs> but uh actually I see uh, somebody saying on the thread here that the the bop mesh is an interesting choice and it, it is actually something worth going through is just we used to use a uh, acoustics uh paper and the acoustics paper is great but it's a you know a plastic poly kind of paper and you know in that putting it on a headphone you you basically have to adhere it you know to the the grill and we just we found uh that the acoustics even though it's made of steel and they actually came and gave us a full tour of how they produce the material and everything um because it's more sturdy and made of steel and has rounded edges and had they have the special machine that makes it to keep everything acoustically transparent to the level that you want it they have paper uh steel papers that go all the way from you know a 20 to a 360 i think and so you're able to try all these different um, filters to change the airspeed um and so we ended up trying all of them and you can really figure out how much airspeed you want from the driver uh based on which you know bot filter you're using and then once that steel filters on there even though because it's steel yes it can dent and everything but you're not gonna you know it's not gonna alter the performance or anything if it ever gets dented or touched or anything it's just a much more long lasting uh frontal driver filter that we like to use now because you know it, it has that you know better production quality to it they gave us one of these you know when you pick a paint sample and you have like a fan of all these different shades that go from like the lightest to the darkest they gave right. us one of those all these bop filters that are um going to change the sound in some regard for zach to sample so it was, did they it was did they indicate how much they were going to change them or <laughs> is that something yeah, you said yeah, to experiment they, with they, oh they, they did okay full, yeah you have and they have uh, you can get them in you know just about any thickness or thinness or how much you know pores you're looking through and they you look through them with this uh you know almost interesting kind of jeweler's magnifying glass that you can look so close in to see how the the mesh is woven Cool. Um, the other thing I like about it too is just that by having that in front of the driver, it you know at least on the A list, you know, believe it or not, we get you know stuff people, I don't know, take pads off and then I'll put the pet thing down on the table and lo and behold they you know cut a magnet open there an hour ago and it keeps stuff like that from going in and you know getting stuck to the driver magnet. Right. Um, so this uh, pretty much exhausts all, all the questions that, that I had for you guys. Um, but I figure now is probably a good, good opportunity to turn it over to the uh, to the chat. <laughs> uh, so unless there's anything, yeah, uh, yeah, unless Tyler, do you have anything for for Zach at the moment? Tyler, <laughs> uh, not really, not, nothing too crazy. Uh, um, how how was your coffee this morning? What was the special brew this morning? Oh, I I haven't <laughs> had coffee yet today. Uh, I, I drank a smoothie, but Bevan had this really fruity, uh, fruity Columbia light roast, and I don't. Did you like it? It was a little. I prefer a more like caramel. You want a more robust? Yeah, dark. I'm sorry. Earthy coffee. So it was. It was not totally in my wheelhouse, but it was. 
It was a nice experiment. Fair enough, good. fair enough. <laughs> how, how was your coffee this morning? It, it was quite delicious. Uh, I've been doing a, a, a new brown sugar muska. Mus, honestly, one of those real fancy brown sugars that I've been using for my sweetener. So it's pretty good. Oh, you use sugar? I well, usually honey. Usually, I'm a honey <laughs> I, guy. I thought but, you uh, were su- yeah. I thought you were sweet enough. Shame, Tyler. <laughs> Shame. Shame. No, I just I'm just kidding. Shame. <laughs> Uh, See, the original name for this channel was actually going to be Headphones and Coffee, but then just because, well, I, yeah, coffee's amazing, but uh, that name was already taken, unfortunately. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, actually, there's another one I, I've been having that my, my wife, wife caught me. Uh, it's really interesting. It's this uh, this um, lady in LA, and she makes these uh, um, like to go uh, coffee things, and she does this one that's like a Vietnamese coffee. Uh, have you ever mm. had? You guys had Vietnamese coffee oh, yeah. before, right? It's yeah. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, with the condensed milk. Condensed right? milk, and it's like a little espresso shot, and then you ice if you want. But anyway, so she does it like a a, a pack, prepackaged deal where it's like they you comes and they have the package in, and then you pull it out, and it, it has this little filter that you rip off and pull on, and it sits on the things. So I've been doing those. It's a pretty cool little company. It's like something cow, like golden cow. I don't oh, know it's I uh, I think there's a. I think they were on the pitch on the podcast, the pitch. It's called. Uh, I can't yeah, I think you're right. right yes, yeah, but my wife bought me a whole pack of those, and I was like, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's actually. I mean, <laughs> they're not as good as like if you were to get it super fresh, but like it's for for like a prepackaged like deal. It was, I was, I was, for something you can put it in your lunchbox and <laughs> bring it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm getting away. No, from no, the it's good. Yeah, uh, we got, we got lots of we got lots of questions now. So yeah. the first one I see here actually is going to be from uh, Android. He says, "Zach, have you ever heard of Dexmet or As- Astro Seal? They make expanded metal meshes. They're what? Met- <laughs> they're, I have not heard of them, but they're they're other metal meshes. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Uh, Android is, I think, a, a materials engineer. He's a yeah. yeah he doesn't does, he work does, as a decent? A decent. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, probably. yeah. Mm-hmm. Stalking you, Android. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> guys could have a collaboration. Do a better job of the same thing. Yeah. No, that's interesting. We were just talking about adhesive. That with Android. Yeah. Yeah, I love learning about new materials and stuff. And our engineers always, uh, you know, posing stuff. And sometimes our machinists will tell me how I need to do something. And like, you right. know, guys are smarter than me in this, you know, non-acoustic stuff. So definitely tell me how to put this stuff together. um okay so let's see uh so i guess yeah go ahead tyler you got one there's there's a couple that i pulled um from the beginning of the chat just to kind of nail it real quick uh elnrick asked um does developing and tuning a new headphone ever just mess with your brain and alter your preferences along the way that was from elnrick the taffy yeah yeah Taffy. Oh, I was just enjoying some taffy. <laughs> Vanilla taffy. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's it's similar. We said the saying in film school that you know films are never finished but just abandoned. And I mean, anything that is art or craft or whatever you want to call it, there's a certain point where you get exhausted from just that being the only process. I think we're you know, with all of us being united, you know. All well, we're in the United States. Andrew, you're, you're in Canada, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
resolve. Should I call him resolve or should I call? Him? No, no, a Andrew's fine. <laughs> All right. well, yeah, I'm in Canada. I'm in Canada. Uh, see you over here. I don't see you there. But anyways, uh, you guys should come yeah, visit. I mean, it's I... uh, it's COVID free up here, so at least in BC. Oh, <laughs> we might expat. Yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> so we can have Z can't ZMF North. Yeah, we're looking at New Zealand ourselves. <laughs> New Zealand seems great, but anything you do for it, like including, you know, self quarantine, you get a you know exhaustion from it. Mm -hmm. And so there's been times where I, you know, you just and I think R when I was talking about RMAF earlier. I had been listening to the same thing so much that I lost perspective, and you know that's why I tell people sometimes there's breaks in R and D development because you need you know a week, two weeks, three weeks to come back to something to try to have fresh ears on it again. And, uh, and that during that process, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's age or just, um, you know, being through all these experiences where you're going back and forth between a measurement rig and, and subjective impressions that you do gain, you know, new insights. And, uh, but I think some of it's environmental, you know, I know some people, if they're at different altitudes, they want to listen to things that are brighter or not as bright. And I think we're all as humans constantly changing in that aspect. I, I, I've noticed, oh yeah, go ahead. Once you get in that area where you spent so much time with a headphone that I feel like you're getting a little out there in the fringe, uh, that like that's the exact point where you need to get other people's ears. You know, yeah. right. you need to reach out to ears that you trust, um, people who sort of like know your house your sound. sound. Um, yeah, and they can either like confirm, yeah, I totally understand what you're trying to do here. You're headed in the right direction. I might suggest this or this. Um, but yes, once I feel like once Zach gets in that area where he's spent too much time with something, then it's like the exact time when you pass it on and get outside perspective. And go to a couple concerts. Go to a couple <laughs> concerts. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Zach. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sit I right do next wear to the speakers. Protection at concerts. Very smart very yeah. anal retentive about my protection i got uh yeah. some of those edemotic uh that's what i have I, yeah bangers. i keep them in my edc yeah the little little keychain yeah. thing those are awesome <laughs> i was gonna say as a as a reviewer it definitely changes from the beginning of the day to the end of the day <laughs> so like if you're constantly yeah. listening to headphones like all day like you do not and also it's not good for you like you have to make sure it's like at a at like a fairly modest volume yeah, I'm yeah, a very exactly. a lot of a lot of people I know listen to headphones for hours at a time, and I'm I'm a very like, hey, I'm gonna listen to one or three songs, or yeah. you know, for ten to fifteen. I can, and it's probably part of my just psyche and my always moving around doing different things. But I've never been able to sit down and listen for three, four, five hours at a time. Well, and you also, I I I, I noticed this about myself. I think after a certain point, you just you're not able to pay attention as as, as closely. Um, because yeah, you're so yeah. used to it now it's um, like binge watching netflix you, you know you get to yeah yeah episode 17 of intervention two to three times like... the speed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah eventually yeah um so okay we got uh we got Udis uh, Tavares. I, I don't know if this is the Udis from discord but uh it says zach are you gonna show me how to build guitars <laughs> <laughs> or is it, I guess this is when are you going to show me how to build guitars? Hey, I I want to show myself how to build guitars again. I can't. The last time I made one was probably 10, 12 years ago. Because uh, I used to. There's a period where I was building them all the time from my when I was like twenty two to twenty five years old. I moved to Chicago, no room to build guitars. I started building headphones. So I've got to 
guitar wood and all this stuff ready to go as soon as we get in our new space, you know? Have a little... Can I build a guitar? When we move to this space? Headphones <laughs> and guitars. You can have it be ZMF, you know, ZMF guitar. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but, my... Yeah, yeah, come on by, we'll build, we'll build a... I only build acoustic guitars, though. My, uh, my uncle's actually, uh, he's a, that's what he does for a living. Like he's, he's a professional, uh, yeah, he's a luthier. Yeah. So my, actually my dad is too, but like not as good. <laughs> so like, but they would always go down to the, the, the luthiers conferences and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, well, actually the, um, the stories I always heard was like, you know, when, when they go down there to those conferences, I say down there cause you know, we're in Canada, uh, Everybody, because my, my dad's a guitar player. He's a classical and, and uh, flamenco guitar player. And everybody would find out that he's a guitar player, and they would all ask him to be like, "Here, you, I built this. Can you try it? Can you play it?" Right. So everybody wanted him yeah. to, to, you know, try out their their craft. Right. What they were just proud. Oh, that's of. really cool. Yeah. Um, was he nice about it, or was he like this one? Yeah, no, no, he, so good. <laughs> I, that's a good question. Actually, I don't know. I should ask him. Uh, but actually, I think for for the most part, it, like they're the people who are like really good at you know their guitar building craft, like it, it ends up sounding pretty uh, pretty good uh, for the most part. But I don't know enough about that world, you know. It's it's similar to headphones. All the I mean, all the hobbies and in uh, professional applications have you know. Yeah. A wide variance of really cool stuff that a lot of people are making and doing a nice job of. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess we could, uh, we've got some more questions here. Uh, how should, okay, this is something I think everybody's been uh, curious about. Uh, how should you decide between an open or closed Verite? Obviously, assuming that you don't require it to be a closed back headphone. Like, if you were to choose between the open and closed, what would be the difference? If we were to choose, like, which one would I choose? Like, how would you give someone advice? Oh, give someone yeah, advice. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, Well, the the main sonic difference, if we're just talking sonics at first, um, is that, you know, in the closed tuning of the Verite closed, it's got a little bit more mid-bass punch um, and maybe a, a touch more of that kind of, you know, rumble to it. And also the upper mids in that like one to two two K area. There's a little bit of a bump and a little more bite in the upper mids to the, the closed version. Aside from that, they're pretty close sonically. I was remember I was talking to somebody the other day that the, the mids are actually I purposely changed the airflow um, around the driver in, in that area to get a little bit less of a complete flat line into the mid range so that there's you know a little bit of that down slope yep. between the you know 150 hertz to 300 area because i just found that in closed headphones yep. um you know if you if you keep that you know kind of in a straight line slope it everything ends up sounding a little woofy and i think that's because you're you're not losing you know much, any airflow out of the back so you have this kind of pressure buildup and mm-hmm. so you know you have to take away a little bit of energy in certain areas to have things sound natural at least to me um as far as you know, which one they should choose, I you know, as you said, I wouldn't do it on a, in a genre-based fashion. I would do it based on use case and yeah. you know whether they like that little bit more uh, bite in the uh, you know the upper mid-range area. Mostly, what I'd say, um, because they do sound quite close to each other. 
it's funny you mentioned that the slightly more like contoured you know, base to mid-range transition thing and this is something that um Kryn and i have been debating for a long time now <laughs> whether or not it's, it's oh, yeah. you know appropriate to have the the, the dip there um uh, well it, it's different for closed versus open headphones that's that's what I, i'm thinking yeah. as well yeah yeah, yeah. Is that I actually had it almost directly matching the the open version of the Verite, and mm -hmm. I've noticed this in other you know other builds too. It's it's actually there in the Atticus, and a lot of times people say, "Do I want the Icon or Ori pads in the Atticus?" Because if you put the Icon pads in the Atticus, it's very downsloped, and that area is filled in. But to me, when you put it in there, because it's downsloped and fills in that area, um, you get this kind of like almost I don't I don't know how to describe it, almost like fleshy sound in that area especially with like male vocalists where they sound their voice all of a sudden it sounds like it's got too much you know like their, their mouth is too close to the mic yeah. and um and so the ori pads because they have less foam to them and a little bit different shape to them end up adding in that contour a little bit and it's i mean it's definitely a, yeah i mean a, a personal thing um, and using the Verite pads actually on the, the Verite clothes gets rid of it mostly um, for people who do want more of that flat response. Um, I, but, you know, it's also a taste thing. So, you know, I don't know if there's a right or wrong in that area either. I'm sure once you go too far with the, the dip, you know, it yeah. sounds natural. Uh, I, I have to add fleshy to my, you know, uh, <laughs> vocabulary for, you know, audiophile terms. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe breathy, maybe breathy. <laughs> Sounds liquid and fleshy. <laughs> um, I got a question here uh, for you guys. Though. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was talk talking about one before. It was a little bit, if something's a bit too thick in that range, it's it it's uh, it sounds soupy, as if you're like, <laughs> or like swampy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the soup's so, a little chunky for my taste. Yeah, exactly. Um, so somebody asks, what is your favorite, uh, solid state amp for the Verite closed? Um, I guess, yeah, for either of you guys, for, for Zach or Bevan. You, can you, do you have one? Um, Ravenswood maybe? Yeah, that's the one. I, I mean, yeah, the one that's on our desk right now, the two ones that I go back and forth between the most are, um, the Sparkos Labs, which is not a very well-known headphone amp. Um, actually, I, I don't know ex the exact name of the amp, but it's, it's, it's their only solid state. It's made by this place called Sparkos Labs that we met them out in Colorado. And he did a really extravagant job uh, with the volume dial attenuation to make sure that right. the right channels were you know, completely matched. And you can hear the, all the steps that he built in there on the attenuator. And that one's, it's, I mean, it actually sounds quite similar to the Ravenswood in that it's a really clean, uh, punchy sound. But, you know, the Ravenswood, for music listening, um, you know, by ECP, I guess, yeah, ECP Audio is probably the one that I go to the most for solid state. It just has, and, it, and part of the reason is because, um, especially with the Amorphous Transformer, which is the slightly uh, brighter sounding one, it has this layering to it. Hmm. that you know i don't know if it's you know a slight distortion being added in somewhere or what but it um it just it has a layering to it that a lot of solid state amps don't always have so i, I really like that aspect while sounding really clean and having a really black background this uh, uh, makes me think of the there was one of those amps from lake people at uh, can jam that everybody's raving about uh the uh the nimbus line 
don't know if you guys got a chance to, to try that one out. I don't think I've heard it, no. no yeah, but I think it's... Of... Yeah. <laughs> that's... <laughs> it's, it it's part of the branding. <laughs> it's called Nimbus you know, the 2000. D <laughs> the DCS uh, bar talk has oh, some yeah. of those qualities, yeah. too. And that's, that's a, you know, I know it's more than $10,000, but it's one of the other solid state apps that you hear it and you're like wow this has some some kind of magic happening <laughs> Dif different kind of magic from the nimbus um <laughs> i haven't heard the the nimbus yeah but yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, no it's just i was speaking with uh, uh freed rhyme from from like he was telling me his description sounded a lot like what you just described with the um uh camera the the other one that you just described i can't remember the okay. name of it yeah oh yeah, yeah. um Metal five seven one, the YouTube sensation, asks, uh, "Can you measure uh, the difference between the woods on ZMF uh, model in some way on your measurement systems?" So what was it? Describe the woods. No, can, oh, you can, can you? Are there? Are, oh, oh, okay. Can you measure the difference in woods. We we don't tune any headphone differently based on a woods. I did do a test where I uh, put a the same driver uh, from a I think it was a Teak. Uh, Otor and mm -hmm. took that exact same driver to make sure that you know there were no variables that were different in the same baffle put that into a, a Blackwood Otor and there was a like 0.5 to 1 dB in the 40 hertz on down area in the Blackwood set that was repeatedly on my AP system uh, a little bit extra but the thing is to say that that, you know, 0.5 to 1 dB that I was be able to repeat in the Blackwood cup versus the Teak cup, you know, was is how perceptible that is to a user. I'm not 100% sure. I mean, the thing I hear more in the difference between woods is uh, how much decay there is, yeah. how much cup reverb there is, how how much much the sound, the kind of lingering um, mm -hmm. I mean, one thing that's kind of interesting about the lighter woods is sometimes the transient, even though the wood is less dense, will seem a little faster because you're getting, um, you know, a little, little bit less damping from the cup. So you actually almost hear the front edge of the note a little. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I say faster, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to sound faster to the user. Right. Uh, oh. You guys still there? I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah, we are here. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> uh, Tyler, did you uh, did you ha have any others there that you pulled out? Uh, there was a couple, but it looks like you kind of already nailed a lot of the questions, um, just naturally. Uh, so yeah, I'm not seeing too I, many. I got lots here, so we could <laughs> we could go we could go for hours. <laughs> not saying we will. <laughs> I, I I have a fun one. Uh, sure. Uh, if both for both of you, this is a more fun to kind of take a break from the, the technical a little bit. But uh, if you guys could be a tree, which tree would you be? <laughs> be a tree, which tree would I? Or be? even yeah, if you could be a type of wood that would then get used in headphones, which which type oh of wood God. would you? Be? I know. I'm trying. I don't. I wish I knew more about the life of trees beyond <laughs> what they look like when they're made in the headphones. Uh, I mean. I always love the way camphor wood smells, but I don't know what it's like to be a camphor wood tree. Um, I, you know, there's something about those trees that grow for thousands of years that, you know, us uh, being human and being mortal and all that, there is something about like desert ironwood that 
mm-hmm. you know, it's it's in this grown and dried, you know, desert-like locations, and it grows for thousands of years possibly to get to its, you know, mature right. size. And, you know, I don't know. There's something about something being able to exist that long that I think, you know, to me as a mortal human sounds romantic and, you know, crazy that these trees that live that long can outlast all these things that happen in human generations. But I don't know. I don't know what, if that would be a good experience as a tree. Do you have a tree? <laughs> I, I don't know. I really like the look of the olive wood that um, Zach was talking about, that we have one completed headphone in. It's like a really kind of sandy blonde with very straight, like dark etched lines through it. Would you want to be an olive wood tree, though? I don't know. No, if I was going to be a tree, I was thinking at first like an apple tree, but then this I remembered that scene in Wizard of Oz where they're very angry and they're throwing <laughs> apples, and that suddenly <laughs> lost its appeal. Um, but maybe, maybe like a big oak tree in someone's backyard mm. that has like a tire swing attached to it and like a little tree house. That, like the that's my tree. middle name, actually. You know that. Fun, fun fact for the day. No, Oak. I thought, I thought that was your oh. last name. <laughs> Tyler Treehouse. Yeah, that'd be, that would be pretty oh, yeah. epic, actually. But <laughs> I think I saw Is that on your Instagram name, yeah. the Oak? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's my, my, my family. Uh, my dad, our family has a lot. Uh, it's either in our initials or in our name somewhere. All the, all the boys in our family have a cool. tree somewhat in there. So, like, my brother's initials are Elm, my nephew's is Elm, my dad's was Elm. I just got Oak. <laughs> Can't use Elm again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, speaking of which, uh, one of the other questions here is, any limited edition woods on the horizon? It's a couple. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, part of the joy <laughs> of making the headphones for me is trying new woods out in this. And I, I have... My wood stash is. I've I bought I buy I buy too much wood all the time. But yeah, um, the ones coming up are, um, Coca Bolo for the Aeolus. Uh, we're doing the Verite closed in the same camphor wood that we're doing the Verite open in right now. Camphor burl. Um, the Otour, uh We just are starting. I just bought a, a stash of Wenge that I'm gonna cut into the Otour. because we had, we made a couple Otours uh, early on in Wenge wood. But they were just prototypes. We never did a run of it, so um, I found a you know really nice uh, fin- with the Osmo finish we use. It the wench just turns out absolutely beautiful. So we're gonna do the Otor in that. Um, the stabilized woods we're we're getting to. I you know I think we showed Tyler a couple of the cups um, last week. <laughs> so uh, you know we we're trying to get a little bit more caught up, and those aren't gonna be sold in the normal fashion as the limited editions are usually sold. They're gonna be sold as pictured on the website so as we finish the headphone they'll be built to spec just meaning they're not built for any specific person right and they'll each be put on the website so each person can see exactly what they're buying um and the upcharge on those is going to be about two to three hundred dollars per headphone depending on the cost of the wood so you know and like that's a very limited because they're yeah you know. they're very specific in their look too right like they have each has a yeah. unique yeah yeah right. they just they all have you know because that's the thing is, is we realized that if each person had a specific thing in mind of what they wanted with the right. stabilized wood, we may not be able to meet it in 
you know, it's better that they know exactly what they're getting, you know, which you can't, with Stabilize Wood, it's much harder to do because there's, you know, epoxy fills and stuff like that. In it. Right. Um, Dead. So. <laughs> it's got to be purple. It, 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 yeah. Oh, well, 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 maybe. <laughs> see, I see, see, now I'm going to be looking at the website because I'm curious about this. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'll probably get there in uh, July or something like that. It, you know, we're we're moving there as fast as we can. You know, but we want to make sure that we're you know caught up enough from you know getting over our you know slight right. fall behind pandemic and everything. And fortunately, we're we're back to uh, you know making headphones uh, at a good pace now. Right. Um, I got a question here from uh, Head Karma. What is Zach's favorite tube roll for the Verte closed on the Glen OTL? I think I know the answer to this, but I'll let you uh, go okay. ahead. I mean, there's so many tubes you can roll in that thing. It's hard to label it down to one. Um, but I, I usually have been going back and forth um, between these Tungsol 5998s on the uh, the driver tubes and the Chatham 6AS7Gs. I also have a pair. I know you said favorite, but I'm going to name more than one, I guess. Uh, a <laughs> pair of Amperex 6080s that I like a lot, which I think they might be mullard 6080s but they're labeled amper x so those are the driver tubes i like on the input side um i i really like this uh 6f8g i think the labeling of it when converted to 6sn7 i like those and then for whatever reason i think it's because uh it changes the um uh the input of the, the input power a little bit but there's a the Brimar, Brimar, however you say it, the 25 SN7 um, Brimar tube is really quiet and really nice in that amp. Um, and then on the rectifier size, I'm usually using one of those Sitard uh, GZ34s, um, Sitard factory, either metal base or non-metal base. But those have kind of a cool yet still a little bit of euphony to them. And so th with all those those tubes, I, I end up getting a sound that's not too euphonic not too tubey but uh still is has you know a, that tube dimension to it right yeah. uh, when you're uh tube rolling or like trying to settle on a sound that you like for tubes um do you uh do you just rely on switching out the tubes in that amp that you have there or do you have like like the same tube amplifier with like just multiple versions of it with different tubes in them so you can you know more quickly go back and forth between them Oh, like, am I, like, are the, is it more defined to the tube or more defined to the amp? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, I'm just thinking because every time I've tried to tube roll on any tube amplifier, yeah. you you got to, like, wait for the tubes to cool down, and then you got to wait for oh. them to warm up. And so, like, just trying to, like, you know, settle on it. I mean, it, took a, it takes a long time to do it, right, in, in, just in general. Yeah. But that's what I was just wondering, a... like, if there's a process that sort of you know, makes it easier <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, I mean, with the pendant, it was it's a little easier because I have some of them in stock. I can get two of right. them side by side, you know. But uh, usually, I'll yeah, you'll turn it off. You have to wait, you know. Pro I usually wait two to three minutes until I can touch it. Describe <laughs> it right away. <laughs> I gotta get the sound right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I gotta yeah, keep that sound in my head. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's that whole process of taking stuff in and out, and then. You know, once you find, I mean, the thing is, once you find a tube that's quiet and has, mm -hmm. a, you know, a good, you know, tone to it, you know, and again, it's it's kind of like um, anything else in audio, you know, the differences aren't always 
night and day unless you have a really bad <laughs> tube that's just right. noisy anyways yeah right right sheldon um. <laughs> oh is there a so... question oh no, no, no i just sheldon has entered the chat ah okay <laughs> sheldon <laughs> Uh, Start naming everybody I see. Yeah, here. exactly. Marshall. Yeah, Lubo. Yeah. I saw Marshall. Monster. Lubo. Yeah. Got a good group in here. Oh. I know yeah. it's like so sad, but you know this is very nice in in lieu of can jam to be like, oh hi. Like, <laughs> well, that's uh, you know it's it's really unfortunate that because uh, in New York when I met you guys for the first time that was like that was the first can jam that I'd ever been to, and I was so like blown away with that whole experience that I was really look I was like oh man I can't wait to go to the next one. And then this whole thing happened. I was actually, I think I was going to go to, uh, there was one in Chicago, I think, or Axpona maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, but then of course, you know, all this stuff happened. And so, yeah, I hope hopefully. you enjoyed yourself as a. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all in in one, one go and never again, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Let's, let's do a few more questions and then we can probably wrap it up here. But uh uh, I think somebody's asking if there's going to be these anytime there's going to be a Zima Verite in Blackwood. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be. Yeah, there will. Ah, oh, here's here's a good one. Uh, is the soundstage bigger on the Verite open or closed? Uh, I I can't answer that. Um. <laughs> Tyler. So I, I was talking about that a little bit earlier. Like, so to me, they're so close, right? But I feel like and it's funny because you can't, I think it was you, Zach, came with a 3D-ness factor, right? And I felt 3D like the 3D-ness is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, I think it's with the Verites, I think it's, it, it to me, it's, it seems like there's more of that. Like there's more like this presentation of depth and width than, than with the, the opens for whatever reason. So, but it's so close, like you have to really have them back to back really to pick up on it, at least for me. Um, You're saying with the Verite say, closed, there's more. Yeah, more depth. It feels yeah. like there's more depth and, and width to it. Like, so that, that 3D factor of like, I can, it feels like I can pick out things in different spaces, but just a bit more with the closed, if that makes sense. And then the, with yeah, the opens. Yeah, the this accentuation, yeah, of, of like space where <laughs> it's accentuated because it's, it's closed mm -hmm. and you're getting that fast bounce mm -hmm. back off the back of the cup where the open the open has more depth for sure yeah but it doesn't I, quite have that like that hey like yeah. that yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. yes yes <laughs> um so yeah that would that would be my answer too is like the the these feel like they have just more of that that bubble around you is 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 uh not better but i perceive it better personally pursue it better and then the verite opens are have that more traditional staging i guess but i was it's gonna minimal. say it probably yeah. depends on the pads as well yeah 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 definitely the pads will change it a little mm -hmm. bit yeah what what, what do, you have? do you have the otor pads on mm -hmm. there tyler the pads on pads? yeah yeah tour pads um and then i also have the hybrids but you know i the hybrids were a weird one for me like i i i, I felt like i'd lost some of the, the magic that i personally like when I had those on. So for me, but I mean, they're, they're really great, but like, I felt like with, I really enjoy the outdoor pads. Um, so, and then, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I'm a, you know, I like lambskin or protein, you know, because mm -hmm. it has that snap, you know, and I like that. And I think for someone like me who listens really intensely for like 20 minutes at a time, that's what I want. But I found that people who do longer sessions or, 
even who say they might have issues with uh, tinnitus or anything like that, mm-hmm. that the suede tends to help suede. those people, tends to help those people out because it smooths everything a little bit, lets them listen for a longer period without getting, um, you know, uh, fatigued. Yeah. Fatigued. I'll be here for you. I got the assist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why I, I use that, the, the suede's right now. I have them on my, sorry. Well, messed up here but i have them on my my cushy i call them my cushy boys because i have the giant uh yeah uh pilot pad on there with suede and then i have the the suede uh and there's like they're it's like putting a pillow on my head it's so so comfortable the the giant cushy boys i thought that was the yeah. prototype name for the uh the new uh grado hemp headphone that the, the cushy well played. boys well played i'm uh-huh. saying we should just do their branding for them <laughs> their pads are called cushions k-u-s-h oh really <laughs> No, they're like, no, but they should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I actually have someone was asking me about this the other day because they saw me with I like, did the ALS that ALS like impression review thing the other day, and someone was yeah, asking yeah, like, oh, uh, yeah, no, that was more just like a fun thing to to we were like kind of uh, Dex was gonna do one, then he got called in for work, so like I'll jump on and do an impromptu review. But I actually have on my Verite, um, the let's see my face in the way. Come on catch up there you go. uh the hybrids the verite pads and then these are fan- i really enjoy these and Wait, then, is it the verite the thing- open yeah these are the opens oh cool see i didn't even know there were hybrid pads for the verite open um yeah we're the, the, the B2s. Yeah. okay okay yeah, i gotcha uh and then but the thing i want to show you is here's what the actual suede pad looks Whoa. like Suede strap, yeah. Strap, sorry, yeah. not pad strap, yeah. Because some people were like, oh. That's I, the suede you know. strap, but not the, but there's also the pilot not, not, pad, which is, which is yeah, different. Yeah, so that's the difference right. here. And now there's the, the co-pilot the pad. The co-pilot, right. The co-pilot pad, yeah. yeah. So, ugh, so you guys get an idea of. Oh, cool. Wow. So this suede pad ha- actually has quite a bit of padding there. Yeah, it's a yeah. decent amount of padding. And then, that's yeah. That's really so interesting. Yeah. Right. And then the co-pilot's going to make that even easier to put on. Yeah. Um, I, I just. See, did this that one, way because it seemed natural. This one I'm using is the old lobe strap here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Fantastic. That's, that's the stuff I love about so many... you guys, too, is like the, all the, the cool like accessories and like the, the way you can like really bring it into your own personal preference, right? Like That's such a cool factor for, for your guys. Yeah, and I, I also understand that all those options can make us as a brand more confusing in some stuff and you know we had this you know experience the other day with a customer where they were you know they weren't gelling with the otor pads but then we got them the verite pads and they like absolutely loved them that way mm-hmm. on the otor on the verite clothes so um you know we're we're always working at trying to communicate you know what the options are to people a little better because we realize that's all the pad options and all the comfort options make us more confusing the good news is there's a something that usually works for a greater mm-hmm. audience because of that but sometimes it can be you know you need to communicate with us a little bit to get there yeah and i, I think honestly your guys is i, I was talking so live chat for that alist thing i did and i was like honest i actually linked to your guys's um the actual pad rolling guide in there like i, I specifically mm-hmm. put that link to that specific yeah. pad rolling piece because i feel like that's pretty spot on and if you if you guys don't know you go to their website and you can go you click the pad rolling and then if you go down a little bit past the pads, there's a whole section of like your guys or Zach and your your preference for the pads for the the specific headphone too. Like you'll, I think you list the top three pads that you like on them. So yeah, I probably need to update that because there's some new materials and such. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, 
that's a great starting spot. Like that's why I tell everyone, like go there the free. Like that's because you you kind of nailed on. Well, for me, you nailed on the head. But I mean, that's uh, a lot of your descriptions and how you um, what how you chose them. So that's how I usually I, I tell people if they're like, well, which pad should I get? Well, go here and here's a good jump off point. <laughs> yeah, we have um, Joe. Shout out Joe, uh, who <laughs> works for us, and he is a fantastic graphic designer as well as. Uh, woodworker builder and uh he helped zach they developed that uh, infographic that shows each headphone model and how the pads i think andrew was holding it up before but um oh yeah this thing yeah I yeah just too. to <laughs> try and sort vmf out a little bit for folks because you know there are a lot of options and we like to provide that flexibility um you know that you can sort of choose your own adventure and really make things um like accustomed to your subjective taste, um, but that it absolutely helps to have a little bit of organization to the options. So we're gonna do our part and our best to try and dial that in a bit, um, for sure. Also, hi Sebastian. <laughs> um, I, I I had a question for uh, for, for Bevan actually. Um, oh. Well, for, for for both of you guys, but but. Uh... I wanted to ask, I mean, I, I'm a little bit more familiar with sort of Zach's story with, you know, how he got into doing all this stuff. But um, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you find most rewarding about, like, I guess the, the whole headphone hobby, headphone building and this whole world? Um, rewarding or so, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I used to sort of discredit myself as having any... Um, you know, anything that I could bring to the audio hobby because I was getting in so late. But mm -hmm. um, my my dad is actually a professional musician. He grew up, or he, he toured uh, professionally across the world with Arlo Guthrie for like oh, wow. all of my life. And, and I just sort of grew up around live music. Um, you know, there are pictures of me as like a toddler sitting in an open guitar case instead of a crib or a pack and play. Like I just <laughs> plopped into a guitar case and um so my life has been surrounded by live music um whether it's you know hearing my dad in a green room rehearsing um sitting you know middle balcony sitting front row like i just have had a lot of experience with live music through that and um when i finally sort of figured out that i actually do have a pretty good ear i think um mm -hmm. because of that and zach will often ask me to listen to something um you know and i can i can give feedback and i was kind of down on myself because i didn't feel like i was using the proper audiophile terms um and i wanted to you know um be in the hobby and sort of be able to interact in a way that you know the common nomenclature the you know the common mm -hmm. jargon that everyone uses to show that they have some sort of know-how um but yeah so i've i've i'm starting to learn my way but i think that i do have um a grasp on sound from that before this um i was a social worker i have a degree in child development and a degree in social work you were one um, of the first investors in CMF i was one too. of the first investors <laughs> right, I would the... get home from work <laughs> after after counseling um you know my students at the school and i just always wanted to know what was going on with zmf and zach and i this might be an overshare but like we don't have children we've got a beagle that we love very much but zmf has become like our thing mm -hmm. like we it's something that we're raising together and we're growing together and we're just so excited um 
you know, each, each time we come out with a new headphone, it's like, you know, little, little Merbach. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just really exciting. It's like something that you've worked on and produced together. And we're both like really um, invested and excited in making ZMF. It kind of feels like when you're a kid and you're just like play, playing make-believe and you're just so lost in what you're doing that you kind of like forget a sense of time and space. You're just really going on this thing. So that's right. what CMF has been like for me and I, I how I sort of found my way into it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I was just thinking of, you know, we were talking earlier about like having live music as like the reference point and hearing instruments and that kind of thing. So, you know, I bet it's uh, it's it's useful for, to, you know, to have that other opinion when you've been, you know, testing headphones for, you know, all day. <laughs> Here, what, what does this sound like, right? And being able to have that reference point is probably pretty useful. Yeah, I just have always been attached to music. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that that translates. But I was sort of not sure that I had a place. Well, well all these audiophile terms and the, as you're saying, the nomenclature, I think it's a pretty big barrier um, to, to the point where I, like, I think it's worth trying to break those down a little bit almost to try and simplify and make it a little bit easier. Because I, like, I think if people care about music, right, at, at, at some point, uh, you know, this stuff is going to be worthwhile. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah. you know, making it a little bit more accessible. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And there is kind of like a fun thing to elitism, you know, like with like within a hobby, you're like, oh, well, sure. I, yeah. I know more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> <New>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, but, I just use know. food terms, so it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, metal uh, says, uh, Metal says that. Zach is the most wholesome person. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It's, uh... Wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex asked uh, real quick, what, why the naming scheme? So why the the Greek naming scheme? Um, it was French. Naming products is one of the most difficult. Like it is just. I I want to say it's annoying because you'll like be just racking your brains like trying to figure something out and then you google it and something already has that name or like sounds too much like this other thing um so a lot of times these greek names or names that we found like aeolus for example the divine keeper of the wind i really liked that imagery of like someone who can harness power um you know sometimes you come up with the imagery first and you search like is there you know like it's almost tangential like you go down a rabbit hole of like type this in and it leads you know to all these places or like how do you say this word in a bunch of different languages um do you want to yeah no i i it's you know finding something that suits the product you made and means something to you that you can put out into the world and feel good about saying that over and over i mean verite and auteur are both kind of film terms that you know, I connected with through that part of my life. And, um, you know, the other, the Greek names, like, you know, even the Mechanicos cable mm -hmm. or electric cable. I mean, it's all about finding what the, the meaning of them is in their origin language and then translating it to how you think it um, will perceives the product you're putting out into. The so, you know, the Divine Keeper of the Wind, you know, we, the Aeolus is kind of a bassy, nodal, punchy headphone and the idea of you know this greek god uh imparting you know this mid bass onto the masses 
<laughs> we do. We get like really weird with like personifying our headphones. Like how they all have different flavors. Like I remember when we were coming out with Atticus and Icon. We're like, oh, they're like these two brothers. And Atticus is kind of like the moody teenager who slams his, you know, his bedroom <laughs> door. Punches his door. And... <laughs> yeah. And Icon's kind of like the more refined gentleman. So I think, you know, we think about our headphones in lots of different ways because that's we're nerdy and all consumed. And, uh, and it leads us to interesting spaces. So, well, so the next one won't be called uh, ZMF11? No, probably not. <laughs> it might have the same name as, uh, what's the I guy? We were gonna Elon call the, Musk's I thought child? we were going to call it the, the Bevan. Oh my goodness. The Bevan. I really like Ohana, which in Hawaiian means like yes. your non-family. Family. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's too, like, if people will be like, that makes me. Umami. Someone mentioned umami in the live chat earlier. That goes back to the food terms. See... <laughs> I I always thought that like the the ZMF names because they were so unique, they not to make a play on words, but they all ended up becoming a little bit iconic with their, uh, you know, like uh, like uh, the icon. <laughs> yeah, um, but but like you know even something like you know the the newer ones like the Aeolus and the Verite and, and it's all this. I think like when maybe we first hear about we being like the rest of the community first hears about these. Then it, you know it it works its way into you know the um, the uh, you know the mystique around it and everything and then uh, and then they become iconic as a result of this. So um, yeah, I always thought they were pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Okay, what's that? No, we just we try to find things that are interesting and that haven't been taken already. Yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, so okay, so. Uh, if there's, I'm not seeing quite any other questions here, so um, I don't think there's anything we haven't already covered. Uh, so I will say, Tyler, do you have any final questions for Zach and Bevan? Or if there's anything, because uh, I, I do have a final question for you guys, so I'll let Tyler ask first. Though. <laughs> um, you know, uh, oh, someone actually mentioned, um, we talked about it in, in our stream uh, last weekend, but like the... Someone mentioned, "What's your the the hopes and plans for the the next uh, show you would like to do, kind of thing, or or ZM Festivus three? Um, wait, three? Yeah, three. Uh, like you know, we yeah, talked about it before, but that's. <laughs> I hope to leave the the workshop at some point in the next five years. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the first step is." You know, it's hard not to bring what our our world is going through right now into it. But, yeah. you know, just having a space where we can share together and, you know, share in this uh, this hobby and the things we enjoy and uh, be around other people more. Because, I, I mean, I know everybody is, is dealing with uh, the pandemic in different ways and we're, depending on where your location is and depending on what your beliefs are. But, um, you know, for us, you know, because we run business that does involve other people you know we're taking it very seriously and um you know just to be able to have a zmf festivus anywhere would be amazing but you know at the same time we have to do it in a way that doesn't endanger you know anybody makes sense for the time and everything uh i think yeah we talked about with you you know Mm -hmm. it'd be great to have one in different locations at some point because there's there's places where people you know want to hear zmfs but there's not a bunch of a lot of coverage or shops that carry them so 
you know, coming out to, you know, the Vancouver area or the Seattle area is something we've talked about. And, right. The ZMF road show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ZMF uh, food truck. <laughs> Somebody was telling uh, us we should get a little van and like drive around to different locations and do demos. If we didn't have to also make the headphones and run the company, that would be yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. I think you like the Verite. You're gonna like it when it's deep fried with ice cream. <laughs> yeah, um, that'd be pretty epic. So, uh, uh, my last question for you guys is: some somebody asked, uh, "What's your favorite non-ZMF headphones?" But you guys covered that, I think, in the in the recent stream you guys did, where you talked about the HE60 and the HD800. Um, yeah. and potentially L700. But uh, I was wondering, uh, is there anything like recently that you've heard uh, where you've gone, oh, wow, I'd love to do something like that or I'd love to do something with that, whether it's a technology or thought. something? You're pretty impressed by the head. Yeah, I mean, the, the headphone, we were next to them at CanJam London last year and they were just kind of in the middle of finishing up tuning their headphones and they showed me their whole process what they do with the drivers and anything and you know it's just you know using uh you know a membrane in that way i know it's not a new technology but i think it's mm -hmm. new to get the weight and tactile feel they did from the drivers there i thought that was a pretty neat thing that they've done um you know the with how they're uh, doing their headphones i have not heard the final version uh yet so i don't i don't know exactly how it sounds but I think that's, you know, and it's just interesting, you know, how that headphone turned out. Um, but that's probably the most recent thing I've heard mm -hmm. that fascinated me and that I, I liked and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have a, a friend right now that's doing, I think, Bevan, I mentioned it to you, but uh, we have a, a, he sent his headphone out to a quick tour amongst our different Discord guys. And he said that once it's through there, he'd, he'd be more than happy to send it your way for a, for a demo, too, if you wanted to. So um, that is. Yeah, we're always happy to hear new stuff. And <laughs> um yeah. so, so i mean like w is this something that could be could we see an amt zmf at some point in the future is that <laughs> yeah, I would never, i've never uh you know never say no cancel out anything yeah i mean you never i mean you know our our what i like to do is just make headphones and make them with uh different technologies and um you know always try to strive to make something new so you know I, there's nothing imminent, you know, right. but... <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty new tech for headphones in general. It's uh, I think it's only really been done a handful of times. And... I mean, it's in their speakers, right? So it's the Bayou yeah. headphones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, ZMF I know... X head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. You, you can get uh, Exhibit to come in and, and mark. <laughs> X to the Z. Maybe he'll... Uh, did he used to trick out people's cars what was yes. that show called yeah. yes uh yes. oh what pimp was my ride that? pimp my ride yeah could have pimp my headphones <laughs> pimp my headphones Ooh. There you go. <laughs> yes. it's just zach shows up and starts modding them <laughs> it'll be a contest on our instagram uh, it like won't be much modding it'll just mostly be just throwing diamonds uh <laughs> yeah, 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 diamonds yeah. get some glue and just kind of yeah 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 <laughs> bedazzle bedazzle yeah yeah. Uh, with uh, Salt Bay on the yeah. Salt Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we've been uh, we've been going for a couple of hours now, so I think we should probably uh, cut it there. Um, any any final remarks from you guys? It was uh, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. Um, so yeah, just 
any final words from you guys if you guys want to talk about anything no, uh, no, by mean, all I means <laughs> having, uh, having us on, I, I did want to give a shout out to the uh the Lissamore brothers you know i i i always appreciate the what they're doing for the headphone community with headphones.com and everything and uh you know, whatever I, I think of them, I think of the, the familiar nature of, uh, you know, them running a business together. So right. if my brother, if my brother's <laughs> listening, it could be the Maribach brothers. You come out here. <laughs> much much appreciate uh, yeah. Two, two Maribachs so, so and a Bevan. <laughs> I feel like I'm being ousted in some way, but, um, no, the, he'll, he'll join us. He won't be yeah, replacing two anybody. And Two men and a little lady. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone for showing up in the chat. Like, it's really great to see familiar names and thank you guys for having us on. It's like this kind of stuff really does, you know, make us really excited and, and happy. Um, it makes us really happy making headphones for people that they like and just having this community is really nice. So thank you all. Oh, you're very welcome, and uh, we'd love to have you guys on again, and hopefully we can see you guys in person in the near future at uh, an event of some kind, or, yeah, like I said, come up to Canada, and, you know, we'll <laughs> be happy to hang yeah. out and have a beer or something, and uh, yeah. yeah, it'd be great. To the vaccine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so we're going to cut the stream there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, as usual, we'll have this as a podcast in the description, and uh for all the rest of the links, they'll be in the description in the description as well. Uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody for tuning in, and thanks once again to Zach and Bevan from ZMF for uh, for joining us. Alrighty, bye for now, and I'm.